Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross. Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com Welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. Woo! We got a big one today, kids. We got a real big one today. Uh, we got Michael Jai White on the show, who, uh, if you don't know, if you don't know what Black Dynamite is, you better go rent it ASAP. It is, it's in my top five of all time. Top five funniest movies of all time. I've watched it probably 30 times. That's no lie. Maybe, maybe more. It's one of those movies that, that was at my house on Blu-ray, um, I've had probably 10 to 20 copies over the years. Everybody kept taking it, and then I'd have to buy a new one. Uh, I know almost every single line in that film. It's one of those films that comes on, and I will stop whatever I'm doing. I don't, I don't care that my wife's got a doctor's appointment or, or the dog needs to be walked, whatever. And I'll watch the entire movie, and then, and then the rest of my life goes on after the movie's over, but not until then. Um, it was one of those movies that at the time when it came out, it changed my life personally. Uh, I was going through some some things that uh, uh, I needed a boost like this, and I needed to see that somebody else was making films uh, like the films that I was making. And uh, this is a really, really big deal for me today. So we're going to get them on the horn here in a second. But first, we've got some sponsors who pay for this whole show to be on the air um, which on days like this, I am unbelievably grateful um, because it's uh, to, to talk to somebody like, like this is uh, it means the world to me. Uh, first and foremost, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Um, boom, here's their K-Cups right here. Ooh, 
This is their Just Black K-Cups. Um, they got two different flavors. They got Just Black, and they've got the caffeinated. Is um, the, uh, the the caffeinated uh, AF is is my jam. Um, they're, yeah, and they're going by caffeinated AF now, by the way. They're getting bigger, kids, is what's happening. And they can't have children uh, reading as fuck on the label. So uh, they're going AF these days, and I'm not going to fault them for that. But those are my two jams. It's a premium roast-to-order coffee. Um, gets made right in the warehouse, fresh, and then bagged up, shipped to you two to three days later. So you're getting fresh coffee. You're not getting rebagged coffee. And uh, they got the hottest apparel in the game. It is. I woke up again today, and you're like, Ross, still wearing the same sweatshirt. What's the, what's the deal? It was cold again today. I cannot figure out this weather. We're, we're mid-April now, kids. Should be warmer than this. Uh, still bundling up with my BRCC apparel. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Join their Coffee of the Month Club. Um, grab some of their apparel, and they also got 10 mugs and everything else. That's amazing. Use the one-time promo code REVOLUTION at uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com for 20% off. I'd use it on the Coffee of the Month Club. That, that'll be the biggest savings. Next up, we've got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Strikeforce Energy, yep. This is my fave here, the grape. Make America grape again. They have four amazing flavors. They got original. They got grape. They got orange. They got lemon. Uh, they got the 10-pack, and it's only 99 cents a piece. Uh, they got a 40-pack, and they got this 750-milliliter bottle that rests on your bar top or countertop, and you can just boom, boom, pop a couple of squirts in and go. Uh, go to go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Type in the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. They also have a subscription of the month club, and they ship everywhere in the entire world. Big fans of StrikeForceEnergy.com. Uh, next up, we got straightrazors.com. I'm so used to Jesse doing the sound effect. She's not here. She's not here today. Straightrazors.com. Boom. These little guys, these little straight razors. All you need to get the day started uh, and their smolder aftershave is the business. Um, it comes in a bigger bottle than this. This is a, They get travel sizes as well to get on airplanes. Uh, if you're a man in the world today and you're, uh, you're needing some man products, to use. They got shampoos, they got beard oils, they got conditioners, they got mustache waxes. Uh, their their aftershave and cologne is second to none in the world. Go to straightrazors.com, type in the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. That's going to get you a big savings there because um, uh, their stuff is, is, is real nice and you're going to need that 20% off. Uh, again, straightrazors.com, promo code REVOLUTION, 20% percent off huge fan of those guys father's days around the corner get your dad a shaving kit shaving kit will be great last but not least we're talking about the Caillou app that's k-a-y-u this app was created by uh, two green berets out of fort bragg with facebook going on in flames everybody's looking for a new social media app you can just go right to your your uh your iphone your android and uh get it on and popping it's free you can just download it for free and, uh, and check it out. What it is is it combines uh, travel, lodging, uh, vacations, you name it, all into one, hookups. And uh, it's got a picture of the person. So you can, you can see them, you can meet them, you can greet them, you can rate them to see how fun they are and decide whether or not you want to hang out with them. Maybe split some costs on a vacation or a concert or go hiking or you know, shoot guns together. Whatever it is you do, uh, you can find new friends and, 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 and rate them. See, see if they're down to really rage because you can't get that on Facebook. Uh, download the Caillou app. It's free. 
It's K-A-Y-U. Again, iPhones, Androids, you name it. That is a free app. No strings attached. Go and get it today. Um, I'm going to call Michael Jai White and get him on the phone and ask him about his new new movie, Outlaw Johnny Black, um, as well as uh, fit, probably fanboy out over, over Black Dynamite, to be honest with you. I know everything about the movie. Uh, so let's get him on the phone, shall we? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have, we have Michael Jai White on the show. Am I am I saying Jai right? Absolutely, I am. It's that that one's yeah. that that's a sexy middle name. Not a lot of not a lot of men can pull off Jai. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, thank you for being on the show. First of all, uh, I, I just want to start off by saying I, I'm an enormous fan. Black Dynamite was one of those movies that uh, that changed my life. I think. Wow. Well, then I, I'm 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 grateful. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, I'm a gi- I'm a gigantic comedy nerd. I'm a comedian. Uh, obviously, I, the, the audience knows um, I, I make uh, my own films, and uh, God, I've I've done almost too many to count at this point. But it, at the moment that Black Dynamite popped up in my life, I had taken all my money that I had made from acting over the years and opened up my own production company, and I was making crazy exploitation movies like Black Dynamite was. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I did a movie called wow. F- FDR American Badass, and I did a movie called Pool Boy Drowning Out the Fury, and they were both in post-production at the time, and I wasn't sure how they were going to be perceived to the American public, and then one of my best friends was, was working at Sundance and had seen your movie in Sundance, and it was almost like that moment in uh, Back to the Future when, when uh, Marvin Berry calls and he says, hey, it's your cousin Marvin Berry. You're not going to believe this. I found that sound you were looking for. That was the moment for me with, <laughs> with Black Dynamite. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I – uh, and again, like it's, I want to preface this to the audience because a lot of people know this story. I've said it in a lot of interviews. But uh, uh, I got a hold of your script after, after she called, and I was like, all right, great. And I was waiting for this movie to come to L.A., and I saw it at the Los Angeles Film Festival. I'm not sure if you were at that screening by any chance, were you? Los Angeles Film Festival. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't remember. It was in like a con- it was in a concert venue, and uh, they had a giant blow up screen in the middle of it. And and the reason why it was so monumental to me was it held about I, I want to say 1,200 people. And it was the first time that I had seen a movie on a theater screen that it was treated like a rock concert. I mean, people were going nuts and it was all outdoors and it was incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that one, I, I couldn't make it. I, I, I was filming something else at the time. I was, I was out of the country, actually. Gotcha, that gotcha. That was the one, I, I believe, at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, right. it was right across the street from the Hollywood Bowl. I, I, I remember parking over there, but... Um, uh, I talked to right. your director afterwards, Scott Sanders, and I was like, man, th- this is as close as, as you can get to, to being like a comedic rock star. I mean, people were going nuts for the entire screening, and they were laughing so hard that I, I had to go and see it again when it came out in theaters because I, I had missed a lot of the jokes at that screening. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, ever since then, once that movie came out, 
both of those films that I had in post-production subsequently came out. And, you know, your movie was successful. These ended up doing pretty well. And I was like, all right, thank God. I, I think, I think that I'm going to be all right in this life. I think I'm going to be okay. Great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, w- with you, the, the, the shocking thing about it is I, I first came across you when you were playing Mike Tyson in, uh, in the biopic. Yeah, well, yeah, that's my my baptism into the uh, industry, really. I mean, that's the thing that really put me on. Yeah, I it, it was strange because, uh, you know, when you hear about famous uh, biopics like that and people being cast in them, it can go one way or the other. Um, I just saw that Tupac mm-hmm. one that came out, and the guy looked like him, but he didn't sound like him or have the energy of Tupac. When I saw you in the Tyson biopic, not only did you look like him, I mean, you know, your physique is, is uh, you know, I would say better than Mike Tyson at the time. Jesus. Um, but but you're an amazing actor, and you, you pulled that off incredibly. Thank you. Yes. It, it's one of those things where it can, you know, uh, make you or bury you. Uh, it, was a, it was a rare situation because Tyson and I are about the same age. Usually when you do a biopic, it's about somebody who's old or dead. And so I had the pressure of playing somebody who the entire world knew. So if I got it wrong, <laughs> I'd probably never be heard from again. Yeah, I, I, I strangely felt that way, too, where I've had friends of mine go up for biopics and, and I like they've gotten it wrong and their their career really sputters after that. You knocked it out of the park right, yeah. and, and it seemed like you just took off from there. Yeah, well, I, I was I was. I was real. Um, I was real lucky to do a role that, you know, that actually challenged me like that. You know, you don't really come across roles like that very often. But I remember my my greatest compliment was from Eddie Murphy, who was a good friend of Mike Tyson, and I met Eddie Murphy uh, on the set of um, of uh, Nutty Professor. A friend of mine. I went with a friend of mine to the to the set, and I didn't know what to expect. And there was this fat guy walking around with a with an entourage of people following him who walked up to me and started talking to me and said, Hey man, I'm a I'm a good friend of Mike Tyson. I wanted to hate your movie, but I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, this is Eddie Murphy's voice coming out of this fat guy. <laughs> and, and it was it freaked me out, right? Because, I mean, even his, his, his hands were, like, puffy and fat. And I had no idea what the premise of The Nutty Professor was with Eddie Murphy. I didn't know he was going to do it as a fat guy, you know? Oh, wow. But, but and so I got this sincere comment coming out of this guy who I didn't realize was Eddie Murphy, paying me this great compliment that, you know, his friend being Mike Tyson and, uh, and Eddie wanted to hate it. But he, but he, you know, I, he thought it, my performance was so good that he couldn't hate it, and, and he came out to congrat, came up to his own set and, and congratulated me. I'm like, wow, that's but, uh, that's got to be yeah, surreal. <laughs> yeah, it was it was surreal on a lot of levels. <laughs> really. Yeah, because like in in comedy, like Eddie's a god to me. Um, was he a god to you? Like as you were coming up, Eddie Murphy? Oh my god. Still to this moment, even the movie that I'm doing, uh, that I'm getting ready to do, is Outlaw Johnny Black. 
I feel the the golden age is when Eddie Murphy did the movies that he was producing. Saying, uh, you know, forty, you know, like the Forty Eight Hours, you know, the uh, Distinguished Gentleman, uh, how, um, uh, uh, Boomerang. Boomerang was one of my favorites. Coming, co- co- yeah, Coming to America. Yeah, Coming to Hard America. Night. Yeah, yeah. Those movies, to me, uh, kind of, they are the pinnacle of like a family-friendly, hilarious, some of the funniest movies ever. They 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 achieve the balance that I never see in movies right now. You know, so with without law, I'm trying to achieve that same homage to those Eddie Murphy films, and also, um, you know, more particularly, like the Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier. Uh, trio that they did back in the seventies. Sure, sure. I yeah. l- let me ask you this: Do you do you find with the success of Black Panther that that it's easier or that it's opening more doors currently in Hollywood? Well, you know, it's too early to say. It, it, you know, theoretically it should, but I mean, there's a lot of theoretical things that haven't gone the way that you thought. <laughs> right. So I mean, you know, yeah. So I, we'll, we'll we'll see because. A lot of times Hollywood treats things as a fluke because they don't, you know, they don't want things to change sometimes. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I'll see. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Cause right yeah. now after that movie came out, it was like, Oh, this is going to change and open the doors of everything. Um, you're a guy who's consistently working all the time and you're also on the tip of the tongue of every casting director, by the way. So with, again, with my company, we, we do a ton of independent movies. You're one of those guys that immediately comes up of, Hey, grab Michael. He'll sell really well foreign. Do you get that a lot? Yeah. Well, there's been, I've been blessed to be the catalyst for movies being sold foreign, even movies that were intended on an all white audience and they'll they'll cast me just to you know get foreign dollars um which is a you know a kind of a twist because the you know the old adage is that black characters don't sell foreign and is is not the truth um because Really, action always sells overseas. It's always global. That's the reason why we know who John Claude—I mean, John Claude Van Damme and Jet Li and uh, um, and Jackie Chan are because you know martial arts action is is global. Um, but we we have yet to know other uh, people from the you know Chinese um, like we don't know the Chinese dramatic actors or the comedic actors or from other countries unless they do action. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, and I see, I don't know if you see this, but I also see a lot of Chinese actors slowly being integrated into American blockbusters. I just saw the trailer for that Megalodon the other day with Jason Statham and there's a, there's a female mm-hmm. Chinese lead um, in it. So I, I think that's going to start happening over here as well. Um, but a lot of people don't know you were also the, the, the very first black superhero in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. With, with spawn with spawn. Yeah. And, and again, like that, that's yeah, yeah. that foreign, uh, you know, black people don't sell well over foreign. That, that's not true. Like Denzel's also never had a problem either. Well, it's, it, it, it's never, it, it's never been true. Like, but see, 
the the foreign audience that knows Denzel movies, they know Denzel's action movies. Right. Well, when Denzel just did like say dramas or you know that type of stuff, well, in uh, foreign countries they have their own dramatic actors that speak their language, so they don't really need our dramatic actors or our comedians. You know. Right. But we blow stuff up in the, in the United States. We we drive trucks off of bridges, and you know, you know, we we do that kind of stuff, and that we we do that better than anybody else in the world, and that's why you know, our movies are exported in such a high high demand uh, because of that action element yeah because it's it's easy overseas that they don't have to dub it because let's you know there's about what two people in every country who dub all these movies the less dubbing they have to do yeah. the easier it is for the the other countries to understand it yeah just just but you know just looking at it you know in a universal way um you know what do we need with uh, another country's comedian uh, speaking in another language that it doesn't it doesn't translate here very well right uh, or a, another country's you know dramatic actor there's you know there's these Oscar equivalents in every other country that we don't really know of you know because we have our own yeah absolutely so, I, mean, I just think that that's just that's just universal in in China wh- why do they need you know our, our dramatic actor yeah, they yeah. So, but they, they they need our ass kickers. They need us blowing up stuff. They so do. That's, you know, that's, yeah. Uh, how did Black Dynamite do overseas, by the way? Did very well overseas. In the, even in the, in France, I mean, it was in over uh, fifty theaters in France, and and people were going to the theaters dressed. In seventies outfit, very much like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ah, that's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, but in other countries, I mean, we we got a standing ovation in um, the Czech Republic, and and it's just it's been, it, it kind of blew my mind. One time uh, in a film festival in in uh, Italy, um, we got these applause breaks throughout the movie, and one. In the in, that that really freaked me out is that when um, there's this leap of logic that that goes on in Black Dynamite when they start putting together the conspiracy behind uh, Anaconda Malt Liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going through the you know Greek and Roman um, mythology. Yeah. Well, the the Rome the, the the Italian audience really appreciated it. I didn't realize it at the time until they started applauding. You know, I painstakingly went through these things, making this ridiculous connection, but used actual mythology that they felt personally was, was, you know, made for them because it was in fact, their the stuff they grew up on, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, Oh my God, I, I didn't intend, you know, on this, but you know, this this Roman audience really loved it, and you know, and they and then they start applauding, and I was like, "Why are they?" And I said, "Oh, that's right, <laughs> because you know, it, this is following their mythology." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I put the extra work in to make it make sense. That's right, because you wrote yeah. the scripts, right? Yes. Yeah, and what what was your biggest inspiration for writing it? Oh, I just I just got a an idea and started laughing to myself, and 
you know, I was in, uh, I was doing a movie in, in Shanghai at the time. And just on my way to work one day, I was listening to James Brown super bad. And um, I just got the whole idea for the movie, a- including the whole, you know, nunchuck fight scene with, with uh, Richard Nixon. Like, and I'm just laughing to myself all day because I just was, just had this goofy idea of this movie. And then when I got home, I started writing it and taking pictures of the, you know, in character and stuff. And, uh, you know, and the rest is history. That's great. But, I mean, I, I just, you know, just something that I thought was funny to me. And I just knew that I had to be on top of controlling it because it's too easy to get wrong. You know, yeah. If if you would have let a studio do something like that, it that that movie would have never been the same, in my opinion. No, yeah, it, it would it wouldn't have been the movie that I wanted to do. No, and, not at all. Uh, so that, that's yeah, yeah. So that's why you know, with uh, me doing uh, Outlaw Johnny Black, which is in the Black Dynamite universe, so to speak. Um, you know, I'm going about doing it, you know, my way because uh, I kind of understand how to do this. Yeah, no, for the audience, is it a sequel or is it that character um, transported into a a different time? Um, I I saw the trick. It's it's like the makers of, it's like almost like when you look at like Monty Python and they have the Holy Grail and they also have Life of Brian. Yeah. It is a a different incarnation, you know? So it's, it's like those, those filmmakers who, who made, one movie made another great okay awesome uh yeah because when i when i saw it a lot of the articles online said that it was a sequel to black dynamite um mm-hmm. uh, and when when i saw the trailer i was like man this this doesn't feel like a, a sequel to black dynamite um but it, you're oh no no it, it it yeah it's a separate it's it's a its own movie uh, w- one thing i i'm talk, i talked about in the comic-con a couple of years ago is our intention on making these three different movies. Uh, one, one was, uh, the, the you know, the kind of ghetto superhero kind of movie, which was black dynamite. The next one was the Western, which is going to be kind of like a cross between bucking the preacher and blazing saddles, which is, you know, outlaw Johnny black. And then a third was something that was kind of in the black era, like a, a horror movie, but, in in that the, you know that black exploitation era. Oh, that'd be great. So, yeah, you know, and you know, with um, you know that that kind of thing. That that's always been the intention on on these three movies. That's awesome. So with Outlaw Johnny Black, I I, I saw that you guys were doing a uh, an Indiegogo. Um, is is it over? Mm-hmm. Is it over? Is that still going on? No. Well, Indiegogo kind of joined joined on with us, but we were doing something that's different from necessarily crowdfunding. It's not about funding the entire movie via the crowd. It's a, it's about getting the crowd involved with, with, with it and offering things, uh, limited, um, like we were going to have items and stuff that's going to be limited to the crowd. Right. So with normal crowdfunding things, they get the money up and then you're not, you, you know, they're never heard from until the movie comes out. Right. Well, this is something we're going to invite the crowd to come along with us. Not only will we offer certain things to them, like, you know, some people can win walk on roles and you can name them, you know, you can name the horse after your, 
your wife if you want or whatever. <laughs> like all these different things, uh, all these things that we're we're having this you know innovative audience participation thing that's just going to continue on until we're we're going to be in theaters. But we're, we're going to have a there's a, a finite number of people that will be able to service. So the people that are uh, get involved and, and subscribe, well, we're going to provide them access to, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And like I say, some, some will win, win different uh, contests to, to come and meet the cast. And we're going to have VIP screenings and all that type of stuff. These are the things that I want to provide for that audience, the audience out there that made black dynamite a, a success and uh, made other movies that have done a success, you know, you know, mainly through word of mouth. Because, you know, a lot of times the studios, they don't, it, it, things have changed, and they don't really sometimes, they, like, in the same way where, you know, if the studio had to, had to make the movie, it wouldn't be the same movie. Right. Well, a lot of times the studios don't, they don't know how to connect with the, with the public. And yeah. I've created a movie for my audience. I know how to connect with them, and I'm not going to let a studio tell me how to do that. So... This is this is something that I'm very passionate about, and you know I'm building the audience and I'm building my my um you know my, my database of, of of folks in which I'll give a chance to you know travel around and have screenings and be able to thank them personally. That this this means a lot to me, and um you know this works. I can do a lot more of this in the future, and not only me. And other filmmakers like yourself can do it because then, uh, you know, I'm showing how it's done by you um, maintaining a connection with your core, core audience. Because let's face it, a lot of these type of movies are not going to be made anymore. You know, no. a lot of times um, these, 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 these tentpole movies, these big, big monstrosities that cost $100 million and everything else, these movies that you know they're they're formulaic. You you've seen them already. You know, uh, even before you see it, you know what what the movie is. But these are not the type of movies that I like. Um, I like movies that's going to take you places. And this is, you know, I mean, you know, like like I'm I'm happy with like things like Black Dynamite, things like Blood and Bone, things that I produce. They people get the they have a tendency to watch them over and over and extract new things from them. Uh, these are the type of movies that I want to make. Same, you know? same. And, you know, from, from a studio level, like, you know, I, I get where you're coming from about wanting to do everything yourself and get it out to the fans and making sure they're a part of it. Because I noticed with Black Dynamite, uh, it, it was so good that even during the release, I don't feel that the studio marketed that correctly. They had no idea. It, it's laughable what they did. Do you know, because Tyler Perry had success, right? Right. And they just saw, oh, black audience, let's, let's market it to the Tyler Perry audience. And they, they had a test screening with a Tyler Perry audience. Talk about limitations of thinking, limited Boy. thinking. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got church women watching Black Dynamite. <laughs> now, I, I would have paid to have been in that crowd, by the way. Exactly. And, and there were critiques like, um, like the car that went off the cliff didn't match the car that was driving. 
and there was a scene where this woman had a tear on her face, and then it was gone. <laughs> you can actually there was a there was a moment where you can actually see the boom mic. This was a terrible movie. Right. I'm like, wow, this is like you you pick the audience that would not understand it more than anybody else. Right. And it, yeah. So I, this is the kind of stuff studios will do. And they just think all black people are alike. And so Tyler Tyler has a black audience and we'll test it with that audience. Boy. And so th- that's kind of these are those kind of decisions where you go, oh my God, seriously? <laughs> yeah. And, um, then they thought, and I've actually was told, oh, this movie is way too smart for the urban audience. They're not going to understand it. I'm like, oh my God, really? It's crazy. It's, it, it, I mean, it's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. And because to me, yeah. like. Yeah, they said that this, this should be in a, a college crowd. Oh, I'm boy. like, wow. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what I what I yep. don't understand is this: like Black Dynamite comes out, I, I think I think the studio did a terrible job of marketing it. It didn't matter anyways. The movie was yeah. so great that word of mouth picked up. Everybody and their mother has seen it. Um, you guys ended up getting an animated show on Adult Swim. How many seasons did that go? Mm-hmm. Uh, that went two seasons. Two seasons, and, and you know, with with like Netflix and things like that, and especially everybody bringing everything back, I'm surprised they didn't back the truck up for the for you guys to do a sequel of Black Dynamite. Was that ever a possibility? Well, I, well, I, I, I wrote a sequel to Black Dynamite that that was better than the the first one, but just like what Dave Chappelle ran into, then you have the people who are the administrative people, people who were producing want to now be creatives. Right. And, and, you know, and they want to run the creative, you know, agenda, which is like insane. Yeah. That's, that's never, uh, it's never a good combination for, to make a great film. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, it's, you know, you, you live and learn, you move on, you know, Right, yeah, because I remember talking to I, I had I had actually gotten Scott Sanders uh, attached to direct one of my films, probably I want to say about five years ago, and uh, I sat down with him and I, I asked the same question about Black Dynamite too, and you know, I was like, what, what what budget do you need to make that happen? And at the time, he said five, and he really wanted five million to do this to the sequel, and he mentioned that you know they were having trouble getting financing from people who actually understood it and wanted to make it and to me it was just insane to me I, I i still can't believe it to this day well i mean if you knew the people that were involved uh, with the the uh producing of it you would understand i uh, gotcha gotcha look we, we've all had yeah. those um yeah. over uh, my a lot of my yeah. guys were overseas they didn't care about who was in the movie or, or whatever as long as you got a big name and they could sell it for and you were fine um, but, uh, I, I understand what you're talking about in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, when can we expect outlaw Johnny black and when do you start shooting? Well, I'm planning on shooting it this summer. Um, so, I mean, what's been shocking is even before even, um, putting it out to casting, I've got major A-list actors, just a, a slew of them signing up. And actually contacting me to do it, you know, yeah. and, 
right right now with just the names that I know of now, it would be probably the most stunt casted movie I've ever seen. I mean, I mean, I think I'd have to look go back to I don't know what, how far I have to go back, but I mean, even on this level, um, just some of the names that you know, some of them I'm going to keep quiet. Until, sure. You know, some some I don't want to let, let people know until that the movie is shot, and I mean, until until it's actually playing. So you know that effect really hits hits home. But if you just, you just think, even during the cartoon phase of the movie, we've had just you know who's who just coming in lending their voices to the cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah. And so every because everybody's yeah. a fan. Everybody's a gigantic fan of that movie. So I can only imagine you're getting hit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had. I mean, we got new chance to rapper. We have uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> All these people just coming in to you know do do voiceovers. Um, and the people who have now seen uh, the 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 trailer for Outlaw Johnny Black, there's, you know, I'm just shocked at, at the people who want to, want to do the movie sight unseen. Um, well, I look, the, tra- the trailer was great. The trailer was really funny. Um, I read an article that said you guys only shot it in a couple days. So I can only imagine. No, actually it was one day. Was that it really? Was one day of shooting. Yeah. I, I, I designed the trailer first and then shot exactly what I, Sketched out. Gotcha. That's amazing. So, and are you directing yeah. this one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And you're and you're hoping to start sh- shooting this summer, right? Yeah, I'd like to sh- start shooting this summer. That'd be that'd be mm-hmm. epic. I, I I definitely can't wait for that. You're you're one of my one of my favorite comedians out there. I because I I have this in my white man's top five of of. Comedies, I got Caddyshack at one, Animal House at two, Fletch at three, Anchorman at four, and Black Dynamite at five. I mean, it is literally my top five comedies wow. of, all, of all time. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. That, that's high praise. Thank, thank you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it literally was one of those films where I was like, man, I, we just we need more of that out there. The studios aren't really making comedies like this. And independently, because mm-hmm. I've gone through crowdfunding and all that stuff. I've had one campaign that was successful, uh, one that was totally not successful. And, uh, and then the other one mm-hmm. just barely made it, uh, you know, like, like on the last night of a Comic-Con at a party and stuff. So I, I know how hard it is to, to, to get going and maintain your creative rights because, you know, at a studio, there's 30 people that want to put their hands in, rewrite it and all that stuff. And you're like, guys... Just look at the success of the first one and let me do my thing again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. You, yeah. I'm surprised at how 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 it should be obvious to people, but it's not. It's not. No. And, and filmmaking and, is a and, different and beast. Have, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's you know sometimes when people with these these egos uh, pop up, there's you know there's no getting around it. You know, you know, like like I say, well, Dave Chappelle, you know, learned like he had this successful series, one of the most successful comedy series ever. And then you got create, you know, these uh, executives that's going to tell him what's funny. 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you know, and it's like, my God, like the nerve of some people and just the, the lack of common sense that they won't just get out of the way. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's what we're facing. Yeah, every day more and more. And again, with the success of all these superhero movies, um, you know, if, and, and Disney buying out Fox, because then, I mean, imagine going to pitch Disney executives, you know, Black Dynamite 2 or Outlaw Johnny Black. Like, it's, there's not a, not a prayer that would make it um, at this point. <laughs> not a prayer. Yeah. Did you ever get to meet Mike Tyson over at Adult Swim since when he was doing, because his show was around sort of the same time yours was. Did you ever run into him? And did he ever watch you as Tyson? Yeah, I mean, Mike Tyson and I have run into each other a dozen times over time. I mean, it, it's, we have a lot of mutual friends. I mean, being in the fight world is hard not to have mutual friends. Um, like, one of my best friends in the world was a was a kind of stable mate in come coming up and you know fighting with him. So there's just for years we've uh, been around each other, but we don't really talk about it. He so he never said, "Hey, I saw it and I like what you did." Yeah, he, he did. But I mean, we we might have spoken uh, two minutes on the move in in life. Right. And, you know, you know, I, I really, I didn't care. I mean, I, I kind of was like, well, I did the best I could. So I, if I do the best I could, I, I I'm, I'm not going to look back. So I go, well, that's, that's, that's done. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I'm always curious I, though. Like cause if somebody played you in a movie, wouldn't you want to talk to them and be like, Hey man, I really liked what you did. Well, I mean, yeah, we had a you know brief discussion about it. Um, he really, he really liked it, and I was like, "Well, well, thanks." <laughs> so, uh, and I think I joked around. I, you know, I I made a little joke. I said, "Yeah, I really hooked you up in those close-ups, like, <laughs> you know, you know." And you know, we just we just laughed about it. But um, yeah, it was um, yeah, like. Like kind of like we had respect for each other before the movie, and just really didn't speak much on anything, anything else really. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I run into him. All, I can't can't help but run into him a lot of times. You know, there's a lot of mutual friends parties and things like that. But um, seems like the people around us have more of a, a goof about it. You know, they see us near each other and they go, oh, which one is which one? You know, who's the real one? Right, you know, right, right. That kind of thing. We just <laughs> kind of smirk. But, I mean, that's, you know, it's never been a, you know, it's never been an issue with us. No, 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 not at all. It's one of those things, like me personally, I'm so vain. If somebody played me in a movie, I, I would really sit down and, and, and dive into it with him, you know, about my life. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know if he was or not. I've met him once, but he was super high, um, so that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I met him in Vegas, uh, I think last year, and uh, yeah, he was super high. I, I yeah. was like, ah, I'm not even gonna bother. Um, <laughs> right. Is there any other dream mm -hmm. roles out there that you haven't played yet that you want to do? There's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Uh, luckily, there's a. You know, a number of my dream roles look like I'm moving forward to, into playing them. I've got 
I've got financing from um, other entities is, is, is not, you know, it, and, and so, I mean, I just signed a, a three picture deal with a company that um, is going to do these, these movies that I've been really longing to do that I'm, and I'm very excited about. And so uh, I just, this is one of the reasons why I want to get Outlaw Johnny Black out before I start filming of the other ones. Are the other ones comedy or drama? Oh, they're drama. They're, they're drama action, very global action type movies. Gotcha. So if you had your druthers, which, which would you prefer to do? Because you're, well, so, you're so great at comedy doing, that it's, uh, I, would, I would kill to see in, in about 80 more comedies. My, my favorite is action comedy. Anytime you've ever seen me do a, uh, just an action movie or a drama, believe me, when the cameras were not rolling, it, it was a comedy. Uh, it, it's like, I, you know, I can't, I can't divorce my brain from the comedic stuff that goes on. And, uh, and so it's like I could turn every drama I've done into a comedy. Or you know, or I see the comic, the comedy movie within anything I'm doing. I don't care if it's a slave movie. I can, you know, I'm my mind just works in a comedic fashion. Sure, you can find elements so, of humor in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that that's awesome. How are you staying in this greatest shape, by the way? When I saw your age, well, I was I mean, shocked, and I was like, "Get it, get out of here." Well, I, I don't think it's that strange. I mean, it's well. For one thing, I have a good memory. I remember having to bust my ass, get into the gym when I worked a, a full time job, and I'm competing against people who don't have to do that, right? So, I remember how hard it was to do that, and promising myself well if this ever this if working out is ever part of my job i should be slapped if i'm not in the best shape i'm not in the shape that people expect me to be in you know um as long as i'm not injured i have no excuse uh but you know i look at it like i I love to work out and train so you know um that's kind of part of my job. Yeah, no, it, it is. I, I, I find that as I've gotten older, my metabolism's slowing down, and I'm like, man, I cannot do the same stuff. Whereas you look, I, you look like you could be either 20 or 50. I, w- I would have no idea. Um, you, you look e- exactly the same, I think. But I don't feel any different at all. I don't feel any different than when I was 25. There's nothing other than a few things that, I, that bother me when I, you know, if I eat them. There is no indication that I know of as far as my age is concerned. I mean, I, I feel like I can do a lot of things at 25 that I couldn't. I mean, I, mean, I, I, could, I could do a lot of things now that I couldn't do at 25. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, knock wood, but I don't feel like I've lost a step. You know, so it's, uh, I, don't know. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's because I never really stopped. 
Yeah, you you seem to be always working. I mean, just going through your IMDb resume, you have a million movies that are either in uh, post production or, or pre production. Your your schedule is insane. And I, look, I, you've been a an un, like a, a hugely successful working actor for the better part of gosh, almost twenty five years now at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Which is incredible. Uh, let me ask you this. Will Eddie Murphy be a part of the uh, outlaw Johnny Black? I'm certainly going to ask him. Because, <laughs> I mean, Eddie Murphy told me, because, you know, I invited him to be in Black Dynamite. And, uh, and then Arsenio Hall played the role that I was, you know, wanted Eddie to do. Yep. Well, and since then, Eddie has seen Black Dynamite and is such a fan of it, he he kicks himself for not doing it. And so I'm like, well, okay, you know, <laughs> hopefully he does, you know, he does a lot Johnny Black. I mean, I'm saying, hey, I'm, I'm doing another parody comedy and uh, tell me, you know, <laughs> if you want to come down, there's, there's a great role for you. Ah, uh, that'd be but great. I mean, I'd, I'd love gonna, to see him back doing comedies again. I'm definitely calling my friend. What's that? I'd love to see him doing comedies again, wouldn't you? He, he's, he hasn't acted in a long time. I, I personally have been at, I'm, I've been in Eddie Murphy's ear for 15 years. Back, back a long time ago, trying to encourage him to do dramas. Because people don't realize Eddie is a very introspective, very uh, deep person, right? Uh, the the role I've always tried to talk him talk him into is I think he would be an amazing Martin Luther King. Uh, he'd be Eddie great. Murphy is very introspective and very is a very deep thinking person, and all he has to do is even is play himself, and people will be shocked as to the depth that he has. And I feel like not only could he get the syntax and the verbiage of of Martin Luther King, there's a certain um, pronunciation that they have that's similar. Right. But with a little weight, I think he can make. I think you, he can make you forget he's Eddie Murphy. Um, but you know, I mean, we had an argument back then. He says, "Man, people don't want to see me do that." I'm like, "I don't know." I always said that. Hey. Uh, they accepted Jim Carrey, who was talking out of his butt. They accepted uh, Robin Williams, who was sitting on his head saying "Nanu Nanu." How would they not be able to, ex- 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 you know, accept Eddie Murphy? Well, Eddie is one, even as, as famous as Eddie is. I think Eddie is one of the most unsung performers in the history of movies. Eddie is. Like, I don't think there's anybody like Eddie Murphy. First of all, the essence of his comedy is his acting. Like, when he's playing all these different characters, you know, like, at that dinner table scene, he's playing them from within. He's playing, you you know, I know people are looking at the comedy, but he is actually inhabiting these characters. Uh, His acting is amazing. And just some of the stuff that he's he's put out there, I, you know, he changed the face of comedy 
dare I say, even more than Richard Pryor. Yeah, you know, it's funny you brought up Richard Richard Pryor. I, I think that he should play Richard Pryor in a, in a biopic, and I know that, that film's been gestating for a while. Well, I think there's a, there's a visual that maybe um, will mess with you a little bit, but when I look at the, the influence that Eddie Murphy has had, Richard Pryor had an influence, uh, you know, when, when, when Richard Pryor did you know, comedies. There was the the scared black guy thing that Richard Pryor kind of um, you know kind of brought in, in in his comedy. And Richard was always you know frightened, the scared guy who's kind of you know like don't hurt me type of person. Right. And Cleavon Little and all these comedians after him kind of played that right for a, a short amount of time until Eddie Murphy played the wise-ass, smartest, smartest guy in the room, um, witty, fast-talking type of character that's still in movies today. And it's like 30 years now. And people are still playing Eddie Murphy's influence. Because from, from Will Smith to Kevin Hart to, you know, the, um, you know, Chris, Chris Tucker's, all of these were were influences of, of Eddie Murphy and that in that buddy comedy type of thing. We're still seeing the same thing that Eddie Murphy pioneered back in the day. To this day, you know, the rush hours and everything that is Eddie Murphy. I mean, if, if Will Smith has made a I think a career off of what Eddie Murphy pioneered. Yeah, you know, I, I, witty, I 100% agree, by the way. Uh, like, exactly. Witty, sharp, uh, you know, kind of quaffed, you know, well-dressed, slick, that whole thing, it's still here. And you don't see any inference of um, what the, the thing that um, Richard Pryor kind of, his influences has stopped a long time ago once Eddie Murphy came up came about right right and i you know i i still think and this is me personally um this is nothing against will smith i still think he did it better than will smith like no of course um and i i i I, I, I miss i miss him doing films uh i I, did you ever get a reasoning out of talking to him why he didn't do movies it seems like after dream girls and he didn't win the oscar he just kind of walked out and then walked away from acting I, i didn't i didn't really see him in anything after that did you I feel like Eddie just kind of did because he, I think the word they kind of meant a little too much to him. Um, he he had a crew that he hung with that that I think stoked the uh, flames of his his creativity. The the mindset behind coming to America, the wisdom of movies like that and Harlem Nights, and then what he did. Was, was the the homage he paid paid to to Richard Pryor and Red Fox and Della Reese and all of that? That is like, oh my God! I I prayed for that to continue. Same. That to me is just the the just some of the greatest. Uh, that I think that's his greatest mark. Uh. 
but you know he kind of i think he you know took on these studio roles and kind of played and with the bow fingers and the holy man and all these th- different things i think i think he just kind of settled into something and he was just kind of this uh i don't know this hollywood player and played this this i don't know uh that character and yeah yeah and, and just kind of went along and, and cashed yeah. the paychecks who was who your crew by the way that you roll yeah. with? Do, do, you, do you have a group of guys that, that you roll with for all these movies uh no i have a very small group of people i'm 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 about my family and my a very small core of friends um my uh one of my best friends is byron men's who's who was the uh co-writer of Black Dynamite with me and co co writer and and star right and co star of Black Dynamite and um you know he and I we've created some some I think great great art that we're going to be putting out soon. Uh, Byron is one of the best actors I've ever met. He's one of the funniest guys, um, and so you know we're going to continue uh, with our brand. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because same with me. I, I, you know, I've done a bunch of films, but I, I have a handful of uh, actors and, and other creatives that I'm like genuinely friends with. We all have our acquaintances in Hollywood, but uh, um, right. yeah, I, I've got my core crew too. Where I'm, I'm the same. It's like I, I'm look. I'm married with kids. Like I, it's not like I have time to hit the clubs every night. You know. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean. Uh... But before I get you out of here, uh, what's what's the most uh, quoted line you get from Black Dynamite? Um, it's got to be. Uh, let's see, the most quoted line is, "I I threw that shit before I." I walked in the room. room. Yeah. Yeah. What I, about? I, th- uh, I, think it's, I, think it's, I am smiling. That one. That. That's probably somewhere. That might be number number three or four. Okay. Uh, I get a lot of um, uh, shoot. I get a lot of um, uh, a lot of guys have that name. You know, that, that that quote about the you know the uh, hush hush girl. You know hush little girl. A lot of guys, a lot of guys have that name type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I get it from all kinds of different angles. But uh, oh, but one one line is uh, that wasn't mine. Is that uh, Black Dynamite? I sell drugs to the community. I hear that a lot. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, but Black Dynamite, I, yeah. I sell drugs to the community. Yeah, big fan of that. Uh, who was that? Yeah. That was Cedric, right? Wasn't it? Yes, it was. It's pronounced Cedric. Yes, yeah, C- um, Cedric. That's but, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, that that was the toughest line for me to deal with because he threw that out at me. That was truly an improv line that I actually, it was hard for me to keep a straight face when he said that. Uh, that's great. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's my favorite from, from the movie as well. Um, well, listen, yeah. I, look, Michael, I appreciate you being on the show. Where can people find you? Where can people help out Outlaw Johnny Black? Well, yeah, go to outlawjohnnyblackmovie.com and, uh, and just see how you can be involved and, you know, and take part and get the, get the message out there. 
I can be reached at um, official Michael Jai on Instagram, or then on, on Facebook and Twitter is just hashtag Michael Jai White. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, I, look, you're, again, one of my favorite uh, actors on the planet these days. Um, you'll never know what Black Dynamite meant to me at the time. And uh, I greatly appreciate you stopping by Ross Patterson Revolution. Well, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And have, ha- have a wonderful week. And, and enjoy Australia. Your publicist says you're heading to Australia. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Michael. Right. Have a great day. Okay, you too. That was Michael Jai White. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was, I, I don't get too nervous doing interviews, but uh, that was one of them. Uh, Black Dynamite has meant uh, more to me than, again, a lot of people know that I, I, what I just said to him is totally true. Um, at the time, you know, during my production company's uh, inception, I was probably. I want to say about a year in, uh, had taken all my money from acting and opened up my own production company. I had made FDR American Badass, Darnell Dawkins, Mouth Guitar Legend, and Pool Boy Drowning Out the Fury. They were so different that I didn't know what was going to happen with them. I didn't know if they were going to be successful. I didn't know if there was going to be an audience for it, to be honest with you, because I hadn't seen stuff like that in a long time. And during a, a moment of darker times depression where i was like this is all, this is all gonna fail and uh I'm, I'm gonna be left with nothing uh black dynamite came out and i got to go see it at the la film fest and it was it was very similar to, to pool boy drowning out the fury and, and fdr and those things i was leaving boom mics in the shot and uh there was you know r- racial jokes that were over the top and that gave me the confidence to move forward and and at least allow me mentally to believe that I was on the right path in what I was doing career-wise when truly I, I, I did not know at the time. And uh, it's, it's a strange thing how movies have that effect on you. Um, and they could really either cheer you up or, uh, or, or bring you down. And at that point in my life, at that exact moment, I needed a movie like Black Dynamite in my life. And I'm sure everybody at home and, and out there listening has those same moments as well. And uh, whether it be uh, a movie or a song or a friend calling out of nowhere or an email or a message or, or somebody sending you, you need something every now and again to, to pick you back up. And, uh, and at that time in my life, it was this movie and that man. And that's, I think that's why I felt so nervous talking to him where I was just like, oh, shit. Um, he doesn't know the importance that, 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 that I had placed on it, but, uh, but I did. And, and, it, and it meant a lot. Uh, the fact that he would come on and do this show uh, means the world to me. Go and check out uh, Outlaw Johnny Black, the movie.com. Um, uh, go, to, go to his Twitter and uh, go to Michael Jai's uh, Twitter um, and, and tell him thank you so much for doing Ross Patterson Revolution and, and just tell him how fantastic it was. Um, the more people that, that hit him up and, uh, and 
help fund projects like these helps me as well. And it also helps us uh, not only get great guests on the show, but it, me to continue making crazy movies like, like he's making as well. So, uh, so please go ahead and thank him. Uh, thank you for listening to Ross Patterson revolution. Wow. I still can't believe that Michael came on the show. This was a dream come true today. Um, amazing. Thank you everybody for listening. Good night, everyone.